into the contest. It's Thursday the 13th of May. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, as you know, I love lunch with Lee and my brother Kieran and I were on it, your podcast that you've had for quite some time. And I had the absolute delight of sitting in and watching on when you spoke to Greg Matthews and Paul Langmack, and it's out now. They're both fascinating characters. Yeah, they were, they were really good fun, mate, and uh, we did the first live show, and, uh, yeah, we talked about all things football and, and cricket, and, and uh, yeah, Greg Matthews, he's definitely out there. I call him the king of everything, so it's a really good laugh, this one. i tell you what, it was in, in contrast to the lunch we had. I think we just had a sandwich that I made. This was like <laughs> nine courses. Was you good. do really lunch with Lee. All right, uh, a huge show on the way. Matt Dunning, of course, the Reds. James O'Connor, his redemption. Matt Dunning will be on the program. And all things motorsport, John Thompson. There's a stack to talk about. Beach volleyball. This is hitting the headlines. Kerry Pothars, the gold medalist, of course, in Sydney, uh, blowing up that the locals don't want beach volleyball at Bondi. What are your thoughts on this, Shane? Well, the locals at Bondi do carry on, mate. But look, I think it was one of the great things at the Sydney Olympics. Um, I was there down to watch uh, both Kerry and, and Natalie Cook win win gold. It's become really iconic to, to play beach volleyball um, at Bondi. It's something I know people from overseas come to do. Um, and the locals once again carrying on. Look, I think it's become part of our our history and our heritage. And um, yeah, I think they need to get out of themselves the uh, the people of Bondi and um, keep volleyball there. It's a great thing to do. Oh yeah, look, I think it's part of the tradition and the very fact that they won gold there in two thousand. Yeah. Their story, if you ever scratch the surface about the Pothas Natalie Cook story, it's extraordinary. They even had to stay at a convent up in Ramwick. That's where their digs were, and uh, it's an extraordinary yarn of wow. how two Australian women won gold at the Olympic Games in Sydney. So that should be enough reason why beach volleyball should stay at Bondi. But some other good news. Uh, around that territory. Sam Walker, of course, young Sam Walker, the teenager. The Roosters uh, have re-signed him for a couple of years. Yeah, they're, they're bloody good, the Roosters. They, they don't muck around. And, um, yeah, he's a really, really good talent. And uh, they've locked him away. And he's showing signs of, uh, of, of greatness, I think. And uh, time will tell. It's only early in his career. But, um, yeah, a big signing by the Roosters. Yeah, the magic round this weekend. He's got that big floating pass. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, it's all things motorsport. Next with John Thompson. Well, when it comes to motorsport, there really is only one name, isn't it? The manly supporter, the wild seagull, John Thompson. How are you, Tomo? Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Shade. How are you? Good morning, mate. Let's start with Lewis Hamilton, mate. Is he potentially the best of all time? I think he he is. It's very hard to actually assess drivers over different eras because they're Mm. in different cars and different situations. But, you know, on a whole lot of fronts, he is an outstanding performer in every way not just in making the car go very fast, but also just in clever tactics, um, in working the situation. I mean, there's really no reason why Max Verstappen shouldn't have won that race in Spain Mm. last weekend. He Mm. had clearly the fastest car, had Mm. a huge advantage, but uh, Lewis just used the tactics really well, along with his team, of course. You know, they, they actually outshone the Red Bull team uh, and and it was partly down to Lewis. The way he drove, the advantage he got um, in the pit stops, 
mm. um, making the distance when he had head clear track, all of that yep. combines. And I think, yeah, look, he's he's amongst the best in the in, in the history of Formula One. Very hard to say he's actually the best because, as I said, there's different eras. It does make you wonder, doesn't it? And it's difficult to judge because of cars. But obviously, Michael Schumacher is in the discussion. Ayrton Senna, um, uh, Stewart. Yeah, oh, across all those years, Jack Brabham, of course, you know, three mm. times. And, and you've got to remember in those years, when you got in a car, you potentially were, might, might have been leaving the track in a coffin. You know, that, that was such a, a real risk back in the 60s. They were killing two and three drivers a year. So um, that, that in itself is, is sharpens focus in a different way. Yeah. Mate, um, Ricardo seems more settled at McLaren, doesn't he? As I said, it just takes time. You've got to get used to the car. You've got to actually have the instincts um, brought out to mm. use that car the best it can. And he was very, he was quicker than Lando Norris in qualifying. He drove particularly well in the race. Um, I think that was the best you could expect from McLaren at the Catalonia circuit. And um, and Daniel did a great job. And I think he's going to get better. Next mm. next race up is Monaco, which he's won. So, and he knows how to, to use the track. It's a slower speed track. That'll bring the Mercedes and the Red Bulls back to the McLarens. Gotcha. Yep. And I think that, that's oh. going to be a huge advantage. You made me think of Murray Walker then. It's go, go, go in Monaco. Now, now you're you're in Brisbane, aren't you? What, what's up there? You're playing with some trucks. I am. Yeah, it's the um, <laughs> the Brisbane Truck Show, which happens every two years here in oh, Brisbane. The track. All of the <laughs> All of the big truck manufacturers gather here to uh, show their wares, show new technology and um, all of the – the ancillary industry, so it's a, it's a massive festival of the truck. The country dead. <laughs> I love that, mate. Hey, um, the V8s at the Bend, there were some interesting results there, wasn't there? Yeah, well, it was a real Mustang fair after Shane Van Gisbergen's um, uh, dominance in the series so far. It was uh, three different Mustang drivers taking uh, mm. uh, taking the race, including two first-time winners in Anton um, Di Pasquale and uh, Andre Heimgartner. Um, so that really has livened up the series. Shane Van Gisbergen still has a has a huge advantage, um, but they head to the little Winton track in Victoria next, which um, again should should potentially favour the Mustang operators. We know that the F1's off to Monaco. What about the the MotoGP course of Jack Miller, who uh, you rode off last time, <laughs> won it? So uh, hopefully you'll ride him off again and you'll win again. I want you to do that to a few of my racehorses when uh, when they're racing. Oh, I can't win. He's uh, he's got no chance this weekend at Le Mans <laughs> in France. Uh, so hopefully uh, he'll do okay. So yeah, the the the. The French MotoGP this weekend, so we'll be tuning in with notice. And of course, obviously, Remy Gardner in the in the GP twos, and the mail's getting strong on him getting a, a MotoGP ride next year. Just quickly, Tom, what's this story about the Mercedes boss Toto Wolff and being heard over the radio complaining about was it Haas driver? Um, yeah, he he complained. There's a direct channel to the um, the race director uh, Michael Massey and. Uh, he uh, he had a direct line to to him and and had a, a big pull through with uh, uh, young Mick Schumacher and and his countenance on track. So yeah, it um, it hasn't pleased the Haas team, but of course the Haas <laughs> team run Ferrari engines, so they don't really care. No, no, and and finally, mate, and uh, and it's not very important at all, but. Manly doing better. What about Turbo? No, I am joking. I know you're you're an avid Manly supporter, but Tommy Turbo, talk about best of all time. They're starting to compare him to Graham Eady and Brett Stewart and other marvelous Manly fullbacks. This bloke's phenomenal. 
He is phenomenal. That was a tremendous performance last weekend against the Warriors. Really uh, sensational. It, it, you know, I don't think anyone's getting ahead of themselves, uh, particularly Tommy. I think he's got his feet on the ground, thankfully, without a hamstring injury at the moment. Good on you, mate. Listen, go play with those Tonka trucks up there and we'll, we'll chat soon. Hey, Tommy. Good on you guys. We'll speak soon. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, of course, a huge weekend in rugby last weekend. It now gets even bigger. Matt Dunning is here to break it all down. Break it down. PlaySport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to PlaySport.com. PlaySport, whatever moves you. Well, it's the game they play in heaven. Our next guest, of course, is my co-host on The Running Game, which make sure you go out and check out on your favourite podcast app. Matt Dunning, how are you? Yeah, Jimmy, g'day, Shane. Very, very well. How are you? We're very well, mate. Now, let's start off. The Queensland Reds had a nail-biting win over the Brumbies. Fantastic match. Mate, it was, it was awesome, mate. A great match. Um, there's been three great mate, matches between these three sides. You know, they've played mm. three games. I think the Reds have led for about five minutes out of the total time. but um. Mate, it was no different in the final. Great for rugby, 42,000, Suncorp Stadium. Yeah. Um, as much as I hate to say it, one of the best stadiums in the world to watch rugby at. And, mate, it was just great to see rugby rugby back. And uh, great game and some great individual performances and, and really some positive signs going into this Trans-Tasman uh, Championship, seeing uh, some of these two sides perform so well. Yeah, absolutely. And look, just on that subject of stadium, uh, the Waratahs, I know that they've had some struggles recently, but it's not too far away from that stadium being built. I saw some pictures the other day. It's going to be an absolute ripper, the new Sydney football stadium. Now, James O'Connor, the nudgy boy, what about his redemption? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good story. You know, it's well documented that he that he, that he had some issues. Um, you know, when he's younger, I played a lot with James when he was a young kid and he, you know, a, a lot of... Uh, you know, talking about his brand and a lot of the stuff. And look, he was just young and, and a bit immature. And I guess, you know, when, you, when you're that successful, that young, and you're playing super rugby in, when you're 17, you know, not everyone can cope with it. And, and, and sometimes you believe you're pressed, but he's gone away. And, and the humility he's showing now um, is, and he's really mature. And you can see it in his performances. And, and that's what you've got to be when you're a 5'8". You've got to be, you know, you look at a lot of great 5'8s, a lot of them are very humble, uh, very mature because it, it's a position that you take a lot of knocks, a lot of criticism. You know, you, you're often the quarterback and, um, yeah, and, and they, he just he's outstanding. I, I think he's someone that hopefully can take Australian rugby to the next step over the next few years. Did you really think he can, Matty? Because he's been given a lot of goes. Yeah, look, I think he's very different at 10 now. I, I think he, obviously mm. last year he had his first go um, and he had a few injuries. You know, that, that's the other thing too. You know, James is only – Early thirties, like he's it, yeah, he's only just 30, 31. He's young. Yeah, he's young. Like he, he it, we think he's so old because he debuted at such an early age. You know, he, he's only thirty, and you know he's one of those guys that if he has this maturity late in his career and look really looks after his body and is, is really professional about it, mm. there's no reason he can't play till mid thirties, thirty six and longer. You know, so I, I think he is, and I think he's proven that he can be. So look, at the end of the day, it's always a big test against the, the, the Kiwis. Uh, they're the benchmark in world rugby, but. No, I, I, really positive signs, and I, I love his maturity. Not, not just he's he's always had, you know, the great footwork. He's always had the you know the prodigious talent. But now mm. we're starting to see the thing between the ears really fire, and that's a part of Australian rugby that's 
that's really been missing for mine over the last 10 years is the between years factor, which, you know, someone like Dan Carter has been one of the best in the world. You know, Andrew Merton, yeah. they're the yeah. sort of guys that have never been as talented as a Quade Cooper. Quade's faster, Quade's stronger. But they are, they just make the right decisions at the right time. And hopefully James O'Connor can be in that mould. Yeah, our attention turns. Of course, Queensland had a couple of days to celebrate, pop the corks on the champagne. Then they had to turn their attention to this week. What do you make? Yeah, look, I'm really, I'm really interested in the Australian performances. It's really going to benchmark. Obviously, we've been in our little bubble and just playing the Australian teams. Mm. Uh, I'm really positive about, you know, the, the Brumbies and the Reds. I, th- I think they're going to perform well. Um, are they going to beat, you know, and, and, and beat every side? I don't know about that, but I think they're going to be competitive. They're going to win their fair share of matches. Uh, I think the other teams may struggle. I think the Waratahs are going to struggle. Uh, you'd have to say that on on on, on Super Rugby AU form, yeah. um, they're going to struggle. Uh, and, and you know, I, I think I think and I think you know, I'm not sure the, the the Rebels and the Force are going to win three or four games. I'm not saying that at all. Mm. But I think that you know they, they might get a win. They might get an upset. I think so. I think I think we could see the Rebels and the Force winning a game, maybe maybe two, but more likely one. And um, I think. Um, uh, the, the the Reds and the Brumbies will, will be very competitive. I hope so. Um, just quickly, a test has been announced uh, against the French um, at the SCG, which is going to be fantastic. Yeah, no, look, that's unreal. Like Australians love watching rugby uh, in Sydney. Um, yeah, I think home, I think Homebush is a great stadium, and, and I love it. Don't get me wrong, but I think there's something special about a Sydney test. I don't know if you remember the Sydney test. We played the French there a few years ago. We played the the, the English mm. there not long ago, mm. and, and the vibe in Sydney. It just gives a shot in the arm into rugby. You know, everyone's in Sydney. The pubs are so close. Everyone's yeah. right there. You get that sort of atmosphere that you get down at – you get at Carter Farms Park or, or you get at some of these stadiums around the world. And I, and I think it's the injection we need. And no, I, I think the French the French are a great side. The French have done a lot in their rugby over the last five or six years that has, has seen them strengthen the side. The, a lot of people don't know that they, they've got a very good foreign – they've got a very big competition, but they've put some measures in place where – you know, there's there's some restrictions on how many foreigners they can have, which has helped their rugby. You know, they a lot of the time in the French rugby union there was like you know ten or twelve sides, and you know ninety percent of the five eights were all foreign players. You know, they, they've tightened those mm-hmm. rules and they're starting to develop their own players. And it, it, it's you know as you saw from the the Six Nations this year that they were they were a very very good side and. Um, yeah, I think they'll do well. I'll tell you what, there won't be a spare seat. As I've been in a role with as a media ambassador for the SCG for a number of years now, and when the big games are on, my phone just runs hot. People think I'm ticker tech. Like, the amount of people that have rung for tickets on this one, that is going to be brilliant. And the thing that adds to it is is just the majesty, the history. You both played there at the highest level. You, you both know. So that just gives it that little bit of extra mystique. Now, just finally, Matty, um, now this is something that must really disappoint you, of course, Kerry Pothast, gold medalist in the beach volleyball, blowing up at the locals at Bondi that don't want beach volleyball on the beach. And you, I know, uh, always pack the G-banger and go down and play some beach volleyball. So that must be upsetting <laughs> to you. Mate, I, I, mate I, I've been a big fan of beach volleyball ever since the 2000 uh, Olympic Games. Mate, um, I sat in the front row and um, watched a lot of volleyball. I thought it was fantastic. And uh, most of it was the female volleyball, I must be honest, but I still very much enjoy it. Yeah, a big time. I, I watched it too there. I, I didn't realise about the fifth game there was actually a ball there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I've just got this image of you two blokes dressed like Borat going hell for leather in beach volleyball action at Bondi. You don't want to see me in a mankini, let alone a, uh, a pair of speedos. It's bad enough.
Oh, the only thing worse would be me in it. Maddie, good to talk to you. And, of course, in the running game, make sure that uh, you look out for the running game, you rugby fans, because we have a really interesting chat with Morgan Tuanui this week. He's, uh, he's a fascinating character. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. No, yeah, the running game's going fantastic. Really enjoying it, Tim. And wasn't Morgan Tuanui great? It was great to hear his Melbourne Cup story too, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Good on you, Maddie. Thanks, mate. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today to Matt Dunning and John Thompson and, of course, our sponsors, Shana. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon for your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.